Mira la izquierda. Mira la derecha. ¿Qué ves? ¿Dónde estás? In a world that seems to change daily, what will you do next? Welcome to the Next Steps Show with Peter Vesquez, a starting point for discussion y un poco de dirección. Buenas tardes, bienvenidos. Si soy yo, tu conservative New Yorkian here once again in the WYSL studios con el señor Voice of Liberty. ¿Cómo estás, Voice of Liberty? Estoy bien. Ay, mira eso, mira eso. Been en practicing. I, I see that. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I expected you. I, I thought you'd, like, you know, stop in your tracks. I did. I was like, well, I didn't. I was, I was trying to think in my head what new word I can come up with to try to trick you, or not trick your teacher, and uh, and and you came it up. But that you, you was can't, a good articulation. I, I only I only know the three no, with the three words now. Uh, we'll expand that as time goes on. Thank see? you very much, ladies and gentlemen. We'll just teach him Spanish words and tell him they mean something different, right? And then every time he says them, it'll be like, yeah, Peter's great. Yeah, Peter's awesome. I'll come in to do the show and I'll say, Peter, I, you know, somebody asked me how I was doing. I told him last night, and he punched me in the nose. <laughs> <laughs> what what oh, did you teach funny. me? Well, just in Spanish, don't ask a, mesqui- a Mexican woman for a piece of cake. Like, hey, oh. Just, oh. just train up that one. The, 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 the Spanish translation for cake here in the United States is uh, uh, bizcocho. Um, but in Mexico, one of, the, one of the, the slang words, I guess, to use is for a woman's part. So, yeah, mm, try not okay. to. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, I don't know how to do it, so I'll, I'll just revel in my ignorance. Yeah, yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, right, today is February 7th. Hey, don't forget, tonight is the nominating convention for the Monroe County GOP. It's going to be at the IACC, which is located at 150, <laughs> 150 Frank Domino Way in Gates. Now, why am I bringing this up? Well, yeah, I'm running for county clerk's office. I'd love your vote as a fellow Republican. But, ladies and gentlemen, this is where the synergy starts. This is where we start creating the change in our communities. And you know what? We can blame leadership All day long, we can talk about the past, but it's time to let it go. We have a new leader in town. We have a new direction for the Monroe County GOP, one that I really do believe that you will be excited about. So tonight at the IACC, 150 Frank Domino Way, hey, show up. I can use your vote. So can the other candidates running on the GOP line uh, can use your vote uh, uh, for this nomination. By the way, I just want to toss this out here, too, while we're talking about this. Yeah, Peter's running for county clerk. And we have invited, as we you know, we we we're not required to do it, but we do it because we want to uh, play fair here. We have invited Miss Jamie Romeo to come here on WYSL and uh, tell us her story and tell us why you know she thinks that she's the best candidate. No tricks. Nobody's going to edit you. Nobody's going to you know make a fool out of you here on the on the station. We want to be fair. So, Ms. Romeo, you're invited to come and participate here on WYSL. And there's plenty of great shows or non-shows that she can do it on as well. And right. She doesn't have to, to be on Peter's show, no. although it would be fine. You'll be, you'll be treated. Uh, we'll be gentlemen. And, and the thing is this. All you got to do is listen to previous uh, uh, episodes of this show. Uh, and, yes, absolutely, we can have a dialogue. Why? You know, it doesn't have to be a debate, just a dialogue. You're here. We're not, we're not interested in, in, you know, controlling speech on no. this station. Or, or in anything that I do, for that matter. Anywho, you know, Bob, 
I've been doing this whole National Observance Day, kind of pointing out different things. What an interesting, I know I said this before, but it is, it's that interesting at the different things that we celebrate in this country. Um, Yesterday, I brought up Lame Duck Day. Do you know that there was a Lame Duck Day? Yeah, I heard somebody else on the station talking about it. Yeah, it takes like back to Jackson's time or something. Something I, I don't. It's funny. I brought it Van up and talked Buren. about it in my notes. Um, however, though, I found that. But today, see, today's an interesting day that we're celebrating the 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 observance is National Girls and Women in Sports Day. Hmm. Now, I, I believe it was 1987, maybe, that this came, uh, yep, 1987, that this was established to, you know, kind of acknowledge the influence of, of, of women participating in sports, right? To kind of acknowledge the struggle for equality um, and, and so forth, you know, in, in sports specifically. But just recently, though, and in, and in many other instances in the, in the you know, relatively recent past, that that's kind of been skewed a little, and I'm I'm just you know I listen to these things and I I see what women fight for. Bob, I've been in the front lines, interestingly, with women's rights since I was in the third grade. I remember in the third grade at number nine school, you know, advocating to have girls participate in some of the sports that we did. And um, yeah, as I said before, I was kind of favorite. I figured, why am I going to? Go hang out with the guys. The girls are prettier. Um, I'm just <laughs> yeah. kidding. But, but, but yeah, then we have Title Nine. You know, that came in, and uh, it's it's and it's been a great thing for women's sports until recently. Very much until recently. Uh, you know, before I go on in this, I, I wanna, I'm going to introduce our guest, ladies and gentlemen. You've heard him before. Today we have Ozzy Vasquez, not a cousin, um, uh, uh, who, who came in to talk about uh, different items, uh, specifically on Black History Month. You've heard him here before. Just real quick, tell our listeners a little bit about you. And, and if you don't mind sharing, what are your thoughts on this transgender stuff or, you know, National Women's Day? I think it's important we address it. Uh, yeah, um, as you asked, guys, I'm happy to be here again. Uh, happy to meet Mr. Bob Savage. I missed you last time you were, I was here. But I missed fi- you too, even though I didn't know you were here, but that's uh, okay. Finally uh, got to meet you. Um, for the transgender uh, issue, uh, I guess everyone has an opinion, but uh, I guess if you have to voice your opinion on whatever you feel it is uh, and find a way to voice it. Absolutely. So check this out. A 2022 survey found that um, uh, that between 0.5% and 1.6% of U.S. adults identify as transgender or non-binary. And, and, and ladies and gentlemen... Wait, what was the numbers again? Uh, uh, between 0.5% and 1.6% of the U.S. adults. Of yeah. US adults. yeah, more like point. Five percent, or maybe point three percent. Yeah, well, you know, we we I think we've identified on this show in recent past um, in recent shows how how statistics could be um, made up. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, well, you yeah. know, I, I, you know, my statistics professor uh, showed us that statistics are rarely made up. I mean, in some cases they are. He says what they do is 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 this is where you got to look at the control groups. Who did they uh, did they survey? Is this one point six percent of of people that are in fit? I mean, it just it, you got to look at all those questions to truly see. However, this is what's out there. This is what people are reading, right? So this is what many believe to be true. Um, but my my question again is: there's physical, actual 
I mean, this is proven. This isn't my opinion. Differences between men and women, physical differences. So when you've got men that are out there competing against women in sports, like this recent sports that we saw where he won, I think it was a swimming competition, right? How is that fair and equal? All the research that I show, uh, that, that I've found so far, has no nothing based in facts to, to show that um, a guy competing with a woman is fair, other than the feeling. I don't know. Anyways, I just thought that, uh, that, that, you know, we're celebrating a day that I think we should celebrate. It that definitely identifies some of the most uh, uh, biggest leaps and bounds for women. And again, you know, if you're transgender, do you, man, or woman, right? I, I respect that. You would never get anything less than respect from me or anybody that I know. Yeah. But I just ask you guys to ponder, is, is, is it fair does it truly represent the struggles of women in the United States and across the nation or the, the, the world that in, in, in situations like sports um, that we minimize the struggles that women went through? Anyways, well, three, yeah, four, we, six, we, three thousand. Yeah, three, four, six, three thousand. I'm sorry, uh, Peter. We did have a local story on this, too, by the way. Uh, the transgender runner who broke two women's track and field records at RIT. Yeah, that's the one I was referring to. Yeah. Yeah, it was track and field. Uh, and it should be noted that uh, the fastest man in the world is Usain Bolt. I think I said his name right. How many other men have faster times than the fastest woman in the world? How, how many do you think, Peter? I don't, I can't even Take imagine, but none. Uh, no, no. How many men have faster times than the fastest woman? Oh, um, well, I was a track and field coach, so I do know that in some cases, um, actually, that the standards were different for women, so the comparison isn't really a direct comparison. Right, exactly. So. And, and the reason for that is there are 4,000 men in the world faster than the world's fastest woman. Wow. 4,000. Wow. So go, go ahead, Isaac. Well, I, I was also in a track team in high school for two or three years. And back then, it, it was always separated boys against girls. They didn't mix it. But um, nowadays, I guess, you know, you could have transgender students in, uh, in the female team. And the same thing, as you said, uh, that's very unfair because physically they're more uh, advanced than females. It's not just unfair. It's factually unfair. It's scientifically proven to be unfair. And it completely demises a day like today. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to your conservative New Yorican. We have Ozzy Vasquez, and we're going to talk a little Frederick Douglass when we come back from this break. So, hey, no te vaya, no cambie ese daño. ¿Por qué? Porque you're listening to the Next Step Show on the WISL stations. We'll be right back. 585-346-3000. 585-346-3000. Join the conversation. In the Rochester and Finger Lakes region, one name stands above all others for real estate appraisal and advice. Ryan Murphy and Associates. This full-service real estate appraisal company can appraise and advise on purchase and sales decisions, mortgage finance feasibility, estate, matrimonial, partnership buyouts, litigation, and more for any type of property, both residential and commercial. Ryan Murphy was founded almost 40 years ago. All of our highly trained staff members have at least 20 years of experience. All our appraisers are either New York State certified general or residential real estate appraisers. Ryan Murphy and Associates. Start here. R-Y-N-N-E Murphy.com. 
Youth for Christ Rochester needs to grow. Our kids are telling us they don't feel safe in their neighborhoods or rec centers, and they're asking us to be open more. And thanks to your support, we will. We're adding a weeknight and Saturday mornings to our basketball program. We're adding a second Arts Academy Friday night. And we're adding a second P31 girls class on Saturdays. But we need your help. $25 per month funds a kid for a year. Give your best gift to yfcrochester.org slash donate. Advertising on the WYSL stations is both affordable and effective, but it's so much more than that. When your business or professional practice has a presence on the Voice of Liberty, you connect with a patriotic, awake, and aware audience that cares about society, our families, our schools, our values, and our future. And our listeners appreciate you and respond. We can end the madness together. For truth and freedom, the WYSL stations, the Voice of Liberty. Call 346-3000 to advertise today. Peter Vasquez and Next Step Show on the WYSL stations. Welcome back to the Next Step Show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm conservative New Yorkian, and we have Ozzy Vasquez, non-cousin, um, joining us today. So, hey, I appreciate you coming in. You know, I got one more thing to say on this whole transgender thing because, again, it just, it just, there's, there's no facts in it. Everything that I looked up just says the argument is. Um, how somebody feels versus the, the the fact that somebody worked extremely hard. It's just dumbfounding to me. And, and this being Black History Month, Ozzy, and that's going to be kind of like our focus today. I mean, come on, a, a black woman, Hispanic woman, not only did you struggle as a woman to make all these things happen and have that equal playing field, I mean, you overcame some racial adversities that are real and true in this country. And now... Just because somebody feels that they want to compete against you for whatever their reason, again, transgender be you. That's not the, the, the Constitution is clear. You have that right, and I'll respect it. But come on, ladies and gentlemen, as a society, especially in months that we insist on 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 celebrating the work that so many have done to close these gaps, let's not reopen them. And, and do it under this, uh, this political umbrella of, oh, yeah, you know what, we're just, uh, just going to disregard the hundreds of years of, of hard work. Anyways, enough of that. Ozzy, thanks for coming in to talk about Black History Month. Um, I got to ask, though, Ozzy, you don't look black to me, and I'm not saying that disrespectfully. I'm just curious to know why are you celebrating Black History Month? Well, um, a good friend of mine asked me, hey, um, you're going to be on the radio again. I said, yeah, uh, it's Black History Month. I'm going to be talking about, you know, local black history. And uh, he goes, well, what are two Puerto Ricans going to be talking about black history about? And I, you know, I, I thought, um, you, you don't have to be black to talk about black history or, or history at all, you know, or any type of history. History is history. You know, it's written down, and you just talk about it. You don't have to be a certain race to talk about history. So, so tell me, tell me why? Why? I mean, why is that important? Why? Why should anybody care about specific things like like Black History? I mean, we have we have uh, in September through August, I believe, or August through September. I always forget those exact dates, is uh, Hispanic Heritage Month. Mm-hmm. And then we have, I mean, th- this is celebrated. I'm, I'm constantly bringing up observance that we have in here. But, but why do you, why is this important to you? Well, um, I'm, I'm b- big into history. I was an honor student in uh, history in high school, and I love history, and I just like talking about history. And uh, I believe history is important because it, uh, they're rewriting history books today, and 
uh, new children and, and teenagers that don't know the past history. You have to keep uh, sharing that history and knowledge. And if everyone forgot it, what was the term? If you forget history, is bound to happen again. But that seems so, to be the way of the world now with yeah. all the, the erasing, all yeah. the, oh, what's the word, canceling. Right. Um, I remember the, um, I mean, it's gone to the extent of, of you know, different uh, depictions of the past. So if you recall the merry-go-round at the beach in Ontario, you know, here in Ontario mm-hmm. yeah, County Beach, that, like, there was a, a panel yep. of the yep. pictures. With the right? chicken. And it wasn't just like, you know, hey, we should probably change that or, or, or hey, let's put it in context and teach the history so that it's never repeated mm-hmm. uh, kind of stuff. There was this big thing that, you know, came up and then they took it down and I believe it sits in a, in a museum somewhere, mm-hmm. uh, which kills me because we talk about, um, you know, some of our old records archives and, you know, archived uh, at our clerk's offices and the expense that we're putting at bringing those to life. Uh, but yet we hide history like that somewhere far back in the museum because somebody didn't agree. But what would be the value of having that out there and talking about it? Or is there any? Does it really perpetuate? Because you're a history buff. I'm not. I want I want you to help me understand uh-huh. how that helps perpetuate. Um, you know, God, country, family, freedom kind of stuff. Let's learn so we move on together or or not. I mean, well, uh, history is part of uh, your country heritage and, and uh, you know, every every country has history. And you got to if you love your country or your city or your town, you, you know, you, you want to know the history about it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think that's important. Right. I'm going to ask just one more silly question, and then we'll get into your into the discussion, because I know you've got a lot to talk about in regards to Frederick Douglass and the impact that he had on you and this community, as well as his two sons, mm-hmm. uh, because they too were, were – but, but my question is, instead of things and, – and again, this is just purely just your opinion – if um, – if history is important in ensuring that we don't repeat the bad stuff and it perpetuates, you know, freedom and it perpetuates our American values and all those great things, right, then then why isn't that we just have American history? So, for example, the topic today is Frederick Douglass. Frederick Douglass was very much an American. He identified as an American. He didn't identify as a black American. He was a former slave, too. Exactly. So, yeah. so, so he always said, don't, I mean, I, I'm sure I'm not quoting him directly, but everything that he talks about talks about him being an American. And he's pretty enough. He fought, he fought for women's rights, women's equality. His two sons served in the military. It, it doesn't seem to me that the nature of his skin color, um, aside from his story coming from a slave, which is also American, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. we've also showed before um, that there were not obviously not in the same numbers of bla- as, as blacks or, or those that, right? Um, but there were some other slave owners that were black and, and, and were white, although I still ask the question, where were all the Hispanics during slavery? Because you don't really hear a lot right, of those stories. Right. But anywho, um, it, can you answer that? or That's a tough one. Um, I, I, okay, let me, let me, let me see. If I, and ladies and gentlemen, your opinion matters. Three, four, six, three thousand. Uh, how about um, celebrating the individual, in this case, Frederick Douglass, for the work that he did as an American to correct American ills like slavery and women inequality and not focus on the fact that he was black? I mean, I see the merit because, you know, coming from slavery, right. but other than that, is there anything other than that? I don't know. 
Nothing. Not, ladies and gentlemen, three. What? Oh, you, you look, look at me. Like, what? You look like you were going to say something. No, voice no, no. I just, yeah, I, I don't want to jump in here because uh, I'm, I'm as white as they come. I mean, uh, is it pure? Uh, not pure. Uh, white as the driven snow. But uh, yeah, I didn't want to comment because. Yeah. Um, well, do you mind if I ask you a question? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So, so tell me something. The story of Frederick Douglass. I know you know it. You know it well. Does if if you didn't know it and you were hearing it and you're like, wow, this is an awesome story. What would be the first thing that pops into your mind about him? Uh, that he loves his country and that he sees us all as a people. Uh, and that he, he well, okay. And let me back up a minute. There's a more fundamental issue. He doesn't see himself as a victim. Exactly. I mean, he was a slave. He was mistreated. He uh, had, had a tough time. He struggled to get to Rochester, uh, open up a newspaper and do all the public speaking and everything that he did. But everything that he did was geared towards bringing people together in the name of equality. Yep. Not equity. Not the same thing, folks. Equality. Yep. And, and Equality of not outcome of opportunity. And that's it. And, and, and the thing is, that's how he viewed the work that he did. Right. When he married his wife here in Rochester, that's how they had an outlook on life. Right. They didn't get into none of these mantras. So anyways, enough of that. Let's yeah, talk well, about when he worked guy. with the Susan B. Anthony on issues and stuff. He mm-hmm. didn't look at her as a cracker or something. No. <laughs> you know, I mean, he didn't divide himself or see her as as someone apart from him. Nope. They, they both had, you know, uh, changes that they wanted to see in American society that would benefit society. Yep. And, and Ozzy, I ask these questions not to put you on the spot, and I apologize if I did. Um, but hey, you're on the radio show and right, Next Step right. Show with me. What do you expect? Um, but but I ask these questions because it's part of our our mission on this show to help people find that equality or that uh, that balance between faith, politics, and entrepreneurship. I want them to ask these questions. Why does it matter? Because like Bob just pointed out, everything that he thought about. Hearing the story had nothing to do. We had a guy call in a couple times named Ed. Had no clue the guy, uh, no clue the guy was Mexican until he told me. And that's how I want people to hear this show and hear and ask questions, especially as we're learning about history. Right. right? right. So let's talk about this great man who was a great American, whose name was Frederick August- Augustus Washington Bailey, born on what February eighteen eighteen. Yeah. Yep, he was. I think he chose the the date of February fourteenth um, as his birthday because nobody really knew when he was born. Right. So, uh, Mr. Douglas, as we know, is a former slave. Uh, it's Black History Month, so I wanted to talk about uh, local history and Rochester local history. You know, Frederick Douglass is the first thing that pops up. We got the airport renamed after him. Uh, so a couple of things about... Uh, Did we really get the airport named after him, though? I mean, throwing the name in there and leaving it Rochester International Airport, Frederick... I mean, did they really? <laughs> um, one of the, the major uh, uh, achievements or accomplishments that uh, um, Frederick Douglass um, had was uh, he created and re- help recruit the first black, uh, all-black military unit in the United States, uh, which was the 54th Massachusetts. And he went all over uh, the Northeast, Massachusetts, Vermont, Pennsylvania, uh, New York, uh, sometimes parts of Canada, to recruit for, these, uh, for the soldiers. 
Um, who did this again? Frederick, Frederick Douglass, Douglass yeah, went all over the northeastern states to recruit and do these speeches. One of these speeches in Syracuse, New York, uh, when was it? Well, you look at your notes in that. I'm assuming he wasn't cruising around in a sports car oh, or nothing no, no, no. fancy. Um, anyways, one of the, the rallies was on March, uh, March of 1863 in uh, Syracuse, New York. And, you know, he's trying to recruit for um, uh, the, this new uh, army unit. And the thing is, <laughs> a lot of the free black men did not want to join. And they were like, well, I have a business. I have a family. Why do I have to join? You know, I don't want to lose that. And uh, a lot of uh, once uh, someone said that, a lot of the free black men did not want to join. Right. But then, through his... <laughs> through well, at the end of that rally, everyone joined. Because of, of Frederick Douglass. Yes. Hey, we're going to come back. We're going to keep talking about that because unity is what it's all about. Ladies and gentlemen, don't be bamboozled by the left or the right. Remember, this life, this story that we're writing together and in your own life is only written by you. These politicians are in place to support, encourage, and help us grow, not to dictate or tell us that we have to pay for services or pay for things that make them... Rich. We'll be right back in the next step show. No Peter Vasquez and Next Step Show on the WYSL stations. Ooh, baby, I love you every day. Yeah, yeah. Once again, the Next Step Show is brought to you by Ryan Murphy and Associates Commercial and Residential Realty Appraisals. Been around for decades, and they can take care of you, whatever your needs are. Ryan Murphy, R-Y-N-N-E, Murphy. Here's Peter. And hey, keep an eye or an ear out on this show, because in the very near future, once again, we'll have the John the Optimist on over and over to have great conversation. Thank you for your support, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, 346-3000. Hey, check this out real quick. In regards to Frederick Douglass, after escaping from slavery, he became a leading voice for human rights, advocating for freedom and equality for all individuals. And he was a Republican. Steve from Friendship, New York. Thank you for calling the Next Step Show, sir. Yes, sir. I was hoping to chime in there with Uncle Ozzy about... uh Frederick Douglass. Well, he's here. Hey, Uncle Ozzy. Hey, how's it going? It's it's going well, thank you. Um, down here in the southern tier, the uh, Seventh-day Baptists were big. They founded Alfred University. Mm-hmm. And uh, in they were quite staunch abolitionists. Okay. Okay. And... Uh, Frederick Douglass actually came and talked at the little church in Nile in 1854. And so we had quite a, quite a following of abolitionists down here. In fact, Friendship was a, a hub for the Underground Railroad. Oh, nice. Yep. There's rumors of tunnels underneath the houses and things to spirit people from one place to another. Wow, interesting. Well, I don't get it today. We have so much diversity, we ought to be celebrating uh, the things that we had. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm a white boy, but 
Frederick Douglass is one of my heroes, you know what I'm saying? Yes, yes, I totally agree. Well, we, should have, we should have scenic tours that come down here and visit these sites and visit with the, with the people and have dinner at Cartwright's and go back home. <laughs> right. Right. I should have, have some pancakes. Cartwright's is the diner there, right? No, right. Cartwright's is the maple syrup place. Maple that's what you're talking about, right, that's Steve? That's probably where we went then. That's right. That'll sweeten up anybody. Yeah. Well, well, Steve, keep listening to the show because here in the near future, not quite from friendship, but from a neighbor of yours, Angelica, New York, we're going to have a guest on one of their historians to talk about. I think he's a historian or former. Right down the road from uh, friendship. Yep. And we're going to be talking about those tunnels and the impact that they had. Uh, thanks for your call, knowledgeable. Steve. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen, did you know that uh, Douglas's home right here in Rochester, actually in the old site of, uh, of uh, number 12 school in Rochester, is where his underground railroad was established? Keith, thanks for calling the Next Step Show, brother. I haven't heard you in a while. Uh, when Frederick Douglass and others were advocating to Lincoln that uh, that regiment, 54th Massachusetts, colored, must be raised, there were two big questions. One, would Negroes join in with whites fighting for their own freedom? And even more so, especially amongst the white population to this day, people forget Negroes had to prove that in every sense of the word, the big C word, that they were every bit as competent as their white counterparts. There was great uh, concern that Negroes, just because to say it bluntly of who and what they were or were perceived as being, just could not operate and function as their, to say it, white counterparts. It was very important that the black faces uh, with that eagle on their sleeve, true Union soldiers, just like their white brethren, it was very important that Negro soldiers be seen on the front line and that they behave in a competent manner that uh, whites would not turn against them, saying, oh, you are not as competent as us. In closing, white people to this very day must know African Americans all throughout history have had to prove their competency that they as blacks are every bit as competent as uh, at least the would-be thought of would-be competence of white people. A lot of whites to this day do not know the hardships and fight that blacks had to make that known, the competency that they really did have all along. Hey, Keith, uh, Savage here. Let me, let me just ask you, what uh, influence do you think General Tubman, Harriet Tubman, had on the competency of the, uh, of the uh, black uh, uh, Union Army members? Well, uh, I don't know. Uh, show my image if she was that well known insofar as she did a lot of her work uh, hidden. But if she was known, uh, she, she would have been an example, even hopefully a shining example, that her people could uh, get up and go, hopefully, as any uh, white person, uh, John Brown, who had uh, uh, African-Americans up in the Adirondacks, and very unusual in his day, uh, John Brown, the abolitionist, addressed Negroes as Mr. and Miss, something that the whites thought were, was unheard of. You never addressed right. a Negro to that degree. So it would have been, I, Harriet Tubman, if I can do this, you, my fellow uh, African Americans, come along. We're fighting for our, our our own freedom here. We must be in the lineup, in the line of battle, just as our 
white counterparts are doing their best to help set us free. Absolutely, Keith. And uh, one of the greatest conductors on the Underground Railroad was, of course, Harriet Tubman. And she figures very prominently in local history around here, from Rochester to Auburn, uh, where she spent her last years because a home was provided for her there by uh, Lincoln Secretary of War, uh, Seward. You know, Keith, uh, and, and you guys, uh, a very good friend of mine, former county legislature here in Monroe County, John Howland, uh, the Honorable John Howland, uh, back in this whole BLM thing, we had put something together, and, and John and I were talking, and he says, you know something, Peter, I, I'm not going to apologize for my lineage. I'm like, what do you mean? And he started talking about his Quaker roots um, and, and the role that they played here in New York State in that Underground Railroad, teaching blacks to read, where right now you listen to mantra, Quakers, bad, all this other stuff, but their role in the abolitionist movement and in the Underground Railroad was, was significant. Well, in closing, in one sentence, it was illegal in the South to teach Negroes to read. Yeah. That way they could keep the population. If you can't think and operate for yourself. If you can't be self-reliant and simply think, think, think your way through life, you remain a slave, whomever you are. Yeah, and food for thought, folks, is history repeating itself in today's public schools where kids are being kept in the dark and are being kept ignorant by being taught nonsense. Narratives being controlled, and unfortunately right now, at least here in New York State, is being controlled by by, by a political persuasion. That's a fact. Because everything that you're trying to push is... Ozzy, what say you, sir? Well, going back to what Steve said about uh, you had to prove yourself. Keith, thanks for your call, sir. Yeah. Thanks, Keith. Uh, going back to what Keith said about uh, the black soldiers had to prove themselves to be equal. Uh, when the when regiment was first formed, they were, uh, weren't paid equally enough. They were paid $10 a month instead of the regular $14 a month. Uh, the... Uh, formers of the regiment wa- wanted to issue them pipes instead of uh, guns. Uh, they wouldn't think that they would fight, but they um, proved themselves. They went to uh, their first battle at James Island and uh, Fort Wagner, and they did very good there. Even though they did not take uh, Fort Wagner, uh, they lost half their number. But um, uh, one of the things after that was Frederick Douglass' son um, became the first black sergeant major of the United States Army. Now, he had two sons. Which yes. one of the sons was? Uh, he uh, had two sons, uh, 18-year-old Charles Douglass and 20-year-old Louis Douglass. Uh, Louis Douglass had a wife, uh, lived in Syracuse with his wife, but they were the first two soldiers in the regiment. And... Um, uh, uh, Charles became the first black sergeant major of the United States Army. And another uh, prominent thing is uh, the first uh, Congressional Medal of Honor winner was also in that uh, black Congressional Medal of Honor winner was also in that regiment that Frederick Douglass helped create. Absolutely. Here, a quick tidbit that I just got from our phenomenal Bob D'Angelo Estev on as early as 19, or excuse me, 1797, Estevan began to develop all the elements of a thriving community to include uh, an underground railroad activities. We'll be right back in the next step show. Going to New York, to, <laughs> your conservative New York, and if I can get that out. The WYSL stations get the podcast, WYSL1040.com. You know you scratch, just like a monkey. Yeah, you do. Real, yeah. You slide into the limo. 
In the Rochester and Finger Lakes region, one name stands above all others for real estate appraisal and advice. Ryan Murphy and Associates. This full-service real estate appraisal company can appraise and advise on purchase and sales decisions, mortgage finance feasibility, estate, matrimonial, partnership buyouts, litigation, and more for any type of property, both residential and commercial. Ryan Murphy was founded almost 40 years ago. All of our highly trained staff members have at least 20 years of experience. All our appraisers are either New York State certified general or residential real estate appraisers. Ryan Murphy and Associates. Start here. RYNNEMurphy.com. The difference is dignity. At Open Door Mission, we open our arms and hearts to help those in need. We treat every one of our guests with respect and dignity. No matter the road that led to us, Open Door Mission is here to help. Give your support at opendoormission.com. Has your favorite pizza place been letting you down? Try Livingston County Pizza Company and Gluten-Free Bakery in Avon. Not only is their pizza amazing, but their full menu and bakery has something for everyone. Livingston County Pizza Company and Gluten-Free Bakery, Avon. Advertising on the WYSL stations is both affordable and effective, but it's so much more than that. When your business or professional practice has a presence on the voice of liberty, you connect with a patriotic, awake, and aware audience that cares about society, our families, our schools, our values, and our future. And our listeners appreciate you and respond. We can end the madness together. For truth and freedom, the WYSL stations, the voice of liberty. Call 346-3000 to advertise today. Next Steps with Peter Vasquez on the WYSL stations. And also in the uh, during the break here, we've received a text from uh, Jay Savage reminding us of the Tuskegee Airmen. You want to talk about warriors. Absolutely. Ed, if you're listening, give us a call. You brought them up in our show a few times. Did you know that Ed was Mexican-American? Uh, you probably, We had a caller named Ed. And yesterday he no. identified you know, who he was. And I'm like, see, this is why skin color doesn't matter because I never gave it a thought or knew. Ladies and gentlemen, history is important, right? From the struggles of, of, of young ladies. Uh, uh, and, and women that changed our nation to the struggles of people like Frederick Douglass, Booker T. Washington, uh, and so many others, Dr. Martin Luther King, the continued struggles and fight today with people like Alveda King. See, and then the history that we see right here in our own backyard that un- uh, unfortunately many, uh, especially in urban centers, don't even understand uh, the type of work and dedication that went into in our surrounding areas. But you were talking before break about uh, uh, the sons and and their role in the military. Mm -hmm. Tell us more about that. Um, One quick thing. We can't forget Colin Powell, a black general. Uh, I think he was the first black general. I believe so. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, Anyways, uh, yeah, Frederick. Uh, If I can, I liked Colin Powell Uh uh, up until he decided not to run for office. And I think he and his wife were like, uh, no, we're too afraid because we're black kind of stuff. And I'm like, but we got to fight against that narrative. Right. And don't let your fear get in the way. But I'm sorry, he is strong. I love the guy otherwise. He would have made a good president, I think. Phenomenal president. Yeah. Better than Obama. (laughs) Okay. um, So, yeah, uh, (laughs) Frederick Douglass had two sons. one of them became the first black sergeant major of the Army. Uh, but another uh, soldier in his regiment that uh, he created uh, was Sergeant William Kearney, which uh, was awarded the first, was the first black American soldier to be awarded the Congressional Medal of Honor uh, during the uh, Battle of Fort Wagner. The assault of Fort Wagner, he was shot twice in the chest, once in the arm, and once in the leg. Uh, he was the flag bearer 
So after the ret- they, they didn't take the fort, so they retreated. But he carried that flag. He crawled on one knee all the way back to the rear uh, to the Union Mines. And for that, he was awarded the, the Congressional Medal of Honor to be the first black uh, uh, soldier to be awarded that. No, I was just saying, uh, uh, I was just pointing to the pen. Oh, gosh, yeah, don't click <laughs> the pen. Don't, don't click the pen. <laughs> it's like chewing gum in the air. Because yeah. anyway. you're going to drive everybody who's driving a car crazy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, that that's great. Uh, you know, that's interesting stuff. You know, again, I, I wish that as a society um, we would understand and learn these histories. There are so many schools out there named after, you know, these these individuals that are uh, that, that are that are just good at everything they, they do. And do you know that some of them are even in suburbs and rural areas that are like 98% white? Yeah. I wonder if any of those students look at the namesake of their school and say, well, oh, that was a black man. I just, I don't see that. Right. Well, they're not taught it. I mean, they're not taught the truth about anything. No, 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 no. It's, a, it's just an, it's a, an, it's a conveyor belt for Marxism. Yes, it it's is. all it is. Ladies and gentlemen, keep your children close. Ozzy, do you mind if we shift a little bit to your time uh, in the military? The last time I had you on, you shared some stories, uh, uh, hands-on. I mean, you were there. Uh, 9-11 happened. You were in the, in the National Guard, and you were one of the ones that were deployed to New York City. You know, in this nation, we've had such a focus in the Middle East, uh, you know, since 9-11 that we forgot that here in the United States, our soldiers were deployed for some time uh, protecting the memory as we cleaned up and identified, uh, and you you had a journal. Can you share, you know, we've got a few minutes left on the show. Do you mind if we spend some time? Because sure. I believe that even plays a role into the history, especially during Black History Month. Sure. Um, I, I don't have my journal with me, but I have a lot of memories up in my head. Uh, there is World War II stories, Vietnam stories, Gulf War stories. I've never been to those wars, but I have a 9-11 stories as I was a soldier deployed there. Uh one of the events that happened, I don't know if you listened to my last show, but it was kind of heart-wrenching there. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> one of the um, events was uh, there was something called uh, a building movement alarm, and what, what FEMA and um, other federal agencies did, they they aimed these lasers at the surrounding buildings that were damaged. And if uh, one of the buildings moved a half inch or inch or whatever, they will sound the alarm throughout uh, uh, ground zero, and you have to evacuate until it's ascertained that it's safe to be back in there. Um, one day I was on break uh, uh, during the 12-hour shift, and there's uh, the iron workers, construction workers, taking all the metal out and stuff. And... Um, the alarm sounded because one of the buildings shifted, and we had to evacuate. Well, all the iron workers, they almost started a riot because they couldn't find one of their workers was still in there. And we're guarding the perimeter. We can't let them in. There's thousands of iron workers and, and crane operators that wanted to break the security line and go back in there. So we had to call for reinforcements. This is... Uh, 
uh, the, the Charibaca Bridge, uh, footbridge where uh-huh. Stuyvesant High School yep. is, mm-hmm. that was in that area. So we're, the perimeter, the, I, I don't know how many iron workers were there, uh, hundreds, maybe a thousand iron workers. And they are, our two guys are still in there. We got to get in there and get, and we had to call the state police. We had to reinforce the line. So uh, a small security line of like maybe 20 soldiers to guard that perimeter became uh like a hundred soldiers and like fifty state police just to uh reinforce that security barrier because the iron workers wanted to create a riot and the state police actually um uh arrested two or three iron workers because they they broke the line and got past our security and we had to arrest them wow. yeah. why again did they break the line because uh the uh the building shift alarm sounded because one of the buildings shifted and mm. uh, we're afraid that the, another building might collapse. So you have to evacuate the building. So all the iron workers evacuated, but they couldn't find two of their iron worker uh, co-workers. They want to go back in and get their brothers. Yeah, but you, the rules are rules. You can't go in there. Uh, they were found later on or are they evacuated? I was going to ask the question. Were they found safe? <laughs> no. Um, uh they evacuated at a different uh, location. Uh-huh. Oh, good. Okay. That's why. Uh, but, yeah, it created a big, uh, almost a riot-type uh, scenario. Yeah. You know, I, I just want to point out a similar but different situation. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have a house or not a house, if you have children especially, you should have an evacuation plan set up. Mm-hmm. Know where you're all going to meet. Know how you're going to communicate. I know it doesn't really align, you know, with the Twin Towers falling. Same concept, though, because the last thing you want to do is put yourself or others in danger because you don't know where a loved one is. So, anyways, I apologize. I want to put... What else? I mean... Uh, another uh, uh, story is uh, I was on night shift, 12-hour shift at night. It's 1 in the morning. I was on the corner of the Warworth building, which is almost similar to the Kodak building in Rochester. Uh, it's very 1920s. almost looks identical, except it has a, a gold tower. Taller. Um, go- yeah. yeah. Um, I was across the street from there on a perimeter at 1 in the morning by myself. They spaced uh, soldiers like every other block. And um, after a week or two of doing that by myself, I'm, I'm getting bored. So there's debris piles everywhere, and there was <laughs> like a baby stroller sticking out of a, a debris pile. And uh, I was bored, so I started, you know, uncovering the debris pile, and there was a, a dead uh, uh, toddler in the uh, oh stroller. Gosh. So I called it in, and... And within like ten minutes, there was like fifty FBI people, twenty police, a hundred firemen, right there, and they whisked the toddler away, and to find out <laughs> who that toddler was. And uh, what the FBI did, they would hand you buckets, and as you found like fingers or, or feet or something like that, you put it in the bucket, and they would uh, whisk it away to their trailer. They had several trailers, and they'll take that body part and do DNA testing, and right there on the spot, they could uh, find out who that finger belonged to, who that foot belonged to. Listen, thank you so much for your service. I can't imagine what was going through your mind and, and others as they were picking up body parts going along to transport him. I mean, listen, I, I have to assume that at some level uh, that kind of put things in perspective for you. Uh, well, a lot of people in my unit, uh, especially the females, 
they're young females, 18, 20 years old, right out of high school. And they, that's probably their first deployment to something like that. They, you know, they were crying. They kind of couldn't handle it, whatever. You know, we had um, uh, a psychiatrist there to help you deal with it and stuff. I, I really didn't get impacted. To me, it was, like, interesting, like, watching a movie, whatever. Uh, but a year later, it kind of hit home impact wow i i really did that ozzy thank you for your service both abroad and at home thank you for coming on the show i truly appreciate it ladies and gentlemen that's been the honorable ozzy vasquez hey say it with me leadership is the beacon that guides me for it's through selfless service that i illuminate the way for others to find their own greatness ladies and gentlemen you've been listening to your conservative near rican next step show.com que tengan una semana bendecida until tomorrow y no te olvides que aquí en the WISL stations la voz de libertad your conservative New Yorkian te amamos te amamos